Hello, and welcome to a special Mash Those Buttons uh, WoW Talk In Orbit crossover podcast here. Uh, my name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm here with Ray Lou. Hello. And Jeremy Dupier. Yo, yo. And Jorge Vigija. He said it right. That's cute. Yes. And Jarrett Redding. This is weird. I'm usually the one introducing everybody. I know, and I feel like I should have had some special, like, Scourge of Ironforge type special thing for you, like, you know, boss Jarrett Redding or something, but, like, um, I couldn't come up with anything off the cuff there. You'll get him next um, time, Nick. Yeah, I'll get him next time. But the reason I've assembled this Motley crew here, um, for those of you who listen to WoW Talk or for those of you who listen to In Orbit, um, you know there's been a little bit of love going on between the two podcasts the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, and that's really been because both... Destiny and, and World of Warcraft um, fall under the purview of Activision to some degree. And so I, I've assembled this gathering sort of with the intent of discussing how much of the problems we've been having with our games are due to general developer incompetence, whether it's Blizzard and Bungie just having bad years or just being inept in general. Or if the problem lies with the common denominator between the two being Activision. If there's some publisher level um, or I guess co-publisher, I guess in the case of more of Warcraft, where uh, Blizzard and Activision are supposed to be equals. Um, but if if there's some Activision, and I guess ostensibly it would be Activision's greed, but it could just be general mismanagement, um, as far as if that's causing the grief that we're experiencing within the games. Um, and so this is a special edition that we're recording. It's a, a cross-brand, uh, mash-those-buttons conglomerate here. Um, and I hope everybody enjoys what we're about to do for the next hour so i don't know how long we're going to talk but uh yeah so let's start um i guess jorge and jarrett since you know I, I don't get to talk to you guys that much especially not you jarrett anymore since the mash cast has been on hiatus <clears throat> soon nick soon. soon i know soon but um so i mean so i guess as far as i know a lot of the complaints i know the most well, one of the more recent things i can think of was uh was it luke smith was the guy's name mm-hmm that did the, uh, the, the the terrible, terrible interview where he was trying to justify the value of the Taken King. Uh, or no, not the Taken King, the, uh, well, it was the, the I guess the... Uh, Actually, it was Taken King, yeah. It was, was Taken King, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, as, far, as far as that. Um, the way he handled that interview, I mean, he's a Bungie employee. Mm-hmm. So I guess, do you guys feel that I mean, he should—he should have at least been prepared for that. Like, he couldn't have gone in. Do you, I guess that's—I guess the question I have is that: Do you think that, I guess, him and to a larger degree, Bungie, did they not see some of the problems that were were coming up? Did he like, was he blindsided in that interview, or did he just honestly believe like, no, this everything I'm about to say is perfectly legit and on the up and up, and nobody's gonna have any problem with this because why would they? Because the Taken King is awesome. You want to feel this one first, Jared, or you want me to hit it? I was thinking the same thing because I'm like, Jorge's going to give the more balanced answer. I'm, you know how I do. You know how I like to get in there. You, <laughs> so, then, 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 then you go first. You go I'm going to go first. Okay. So, in my opinion, the Luke Smith interview is a direct result of Bungie not paying attention to its player base. Like, pretty much almost ignoring the player base. They're looking at numbers. They're looking at numbers that the average Destiny player is playing three hours a day. Okay? And that looks really good to them. So they're like, well, we must be doing it right. Everything's okay. We got we got the fan base. Like, we could do anything we want. That's what it felt like. That interview really felt like he they, they really didn't give two shits about the players. They're like... 
This expansion, we're not going to tell you anything about this expansion. The expansion is going to be 40 bucks. You're going to buy it anyway because you love playing Destiny because you play it for three hours a day. Not really looking into why people who play Destiny play for long periods of time when they play. And, and, and the reason is, is because, like, you know, if you hop on Destiny, and Jorge can, can, can attest to this, because actually Jorge plays way more Destiny than I do. But you get on, and you start doing some stuff. Let's say you're doing some bounties, maybe doing some Crucible, and you get on with one or two people, and you do, like, uh, Prison of Elders, or you do a raid, or you do the Weekly Nightfall. And you do all that stuff, and that's all done. But while you're playing, other people end up hopping on, and you're like, well, I'll help you get this, I'll help you get that. And that's why you play for so long. Then on top of that, if you hop into the Crucible, you know, playing the Crucible as a group is fun to play, not because the Crucible is that great, but because playing with the group and talking to your friends is entertaining. And so they didn't look at why people were playing a long time when they played, but they were just looking at this, this is how many people were playing it, and they're playing for this long, we're just going to ignore the complaints, and we're just going to, we don't have to tell them why it's $40. We're just gonna tell them it's forty dollars. I'm gonna buy because they fucking love the game. We can do whatever we want. That's how it felt. All right. Um, <laughs> I I see where you're coming from with that. Uh, now I'm gonna respectfully disagree. This is what this is how in orbit works. Go. <laughs> and I and the reason I disagree is because I hate you. Um, uh, and yes, I know. Uh, no, the real the real okay. Knowing Luke Smith, he came from the background where he did stuff for, I believe it was Kotaku a long time ago. And anybody that knows Luke Smith knows that his his interviews are better shown on video than they are written on paper. When you when you write down his interviews on paper, he looks like a complete butt blaster idiot that, that he should be. Um, now... Does that excuse the interview? No, because he should have known going in there that the interview was going to be written on paper and that it should be translated to the fan base um, as such. Um, the, the bigger problem is this, and this is what I see. Bungie has a problem where they feel that they have power over the price of the game when they really don't. They feel they have more power than they had before when they were at... Microsoft, when it seems like they actually have less power and less influence than they had before. Um, right now, Activision, this is just from what I see, Activision holds all the cards in terms of pricing, um, distribution, uh, advertising, all that stuff, um, which is why when you see stuff such as the poorly announced partnership with Red Bull the week after the fiasco happened that only prolonged the fiasco um it puts Bungie into an even worse light when they had almost no control over that partnership with regards to Red Bull um and 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 it it goes back to Luke Smith and Bungie thinking okay if we distribute the message our certain way it's going to be fine when in reality, they have to... I, I don't know if they have as much communication with Activision as they think they do. Um, that's why Bungie kind of had to panic and, and say... They had to go back to Activision and say, we got to fix this. We got to fix this right now. We got we to gotta set up a new package, a new $20 thing, um, so that people don't go crazy and, and, and completely disregard this. That's how I saw 
what that's how I saw that happen right there. Um, I think it's a symptom of Activision holding the cards that Bungie thought they had. So you think then, I guess, I mean, because I mean, like you pointed out, Bungie used to be owned by Microsoft, uh, and working for them is a vastly different, especially since Microsoft, their interest was primarily in promoting Xbox. And so as long as Bungie was putting out good games, you know, predominantly Halo, um, for the Xbox, then Microsoft was fine with that, and Microsoft could just, you know, build their bundles and push that all together. Um, so you think that now that Bungie's, because Bungie's working with Activision and their interest isn't, Activision has no interest in anything other than that explicit game. Their only interest is in, you know, like, like Microsoft could at least look at Halo and be like, you're part of a bigger package that services the Xbox brand and, and Microsoft and gets us into places that, you know, we may not, not otherwise get into without you, or at least, you know, you help, you help, you help market us as much as we are behind you. Whereas Activision, they're fairly... Specific. Their only interest is just, you know, push Destiny, sell Destiny. The more Destiny we sell, the more money we make. And so, because there's not, because in a way, I guess their Activision's focus is entirely more on the bottom line than Microsoft's might be. You think that Bungie may not be used to that kind of environment? Then, well, let, let's look at the history. If it wasn't for Halo, I doubt we would still be talking about Xbox right now. Um, if it wasn't for Halo we probably wouldn't even be talking about Xbox being a viable platform for first-person shooters. That's just, the, that's just facts. Um, I know hundreds of people have bought at least hundreds. I'm sure it's millions of people. But I know a ton of people have purchased an Xbox. I'm talking about the original Xbox solely for Halo. When they saw that Halo was a, a great experience and and and... and it, it gave people that feeling of GoldenEye again. I mean, there were people land playing the heck out of Halo back in the day in their dorms. Um, it became the party game. Um, and that's what gave Bungie that power. They, they knew that they had the one game Microsoft needed to build a successful platform. Because up until... The, I mean, even, even then, uh, Xbox came in second. It wasn't until the Xbox 360 came out with... Call of Duty 7000 and Halo 4, 3 and all that other stuff that it established Microsoft as a dominant first-person shooter platform. Um, and that all came about because of, of, of Bungie's um, creation with, with, uh, with Halo. Um, with Activision, it's a different... Um, it's a different... Whereas... Uh, Bungie and Microsoft had a, had a symbiotic relationship. Bungie needed Microsoft, and Microsoft needed Bungie. When it came to the, the the point where Microsoft completely owned Halo, and they knew that they could do with it whatever they wanted, and Bungie wanted to go in a different direction, and they broke that off, Microsoft was like, "Fine, we'll just put in three four three, and we'll have even more control over over the uh, the Halo franchise than we had before." Um, now. Whereas Bungie thought that they had all this this freedom and stuff, they real they're realizing real quick Activision wants to make sure that their bottom line and their yearly earnings are the maximum it can be for their shareholders. It's it, it that's not a bad thing, 
It's just when it comes to video games for us as players, I mean, all of us, I'm assuming, have played for dozens of years. Um, we're, 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 we're used to having these quality products back in the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation, where you wouldn't have your uh, updates delivered via the Internet. It had to be good from that point on. Whereas now it's more important to have a uh, the product out there, whether it's good or not, so that you can sell a whole bunch of uh, copies. Um, it's it, and that's why it's tough to to when we when we got Vanilla Destiny, um, when we're reading all these reports where uh, the lead story designer, you know, got rid of or, or left Bungie seven months before the game was even released. They redid the entire story. They gutted out. They gutted storylines. It's tough for us to accept that because we came from a background where it had to be good from day one. Um, and even though we've we've been getting that for the past three, four years, where you know the game will be out, even if, even though it's probably broken, they'll just update it and patch it. It's still not a, a, a comfortable thing that we can accept. I know Jared definitely can't accept that. I saw his little. Uh, his little video montage about uh, pre-ordering. Uh, it, it's very tough for us to accept that fact. And and for Activision, they want to make as much money as quickly as possible, um, which is why they have these yearly releases for Call of Duty and such. You know, it, it's interesting that you mention um, a lot of, how a lot of the story was cut out of Vanilla Destiny. And I know I've heard, heard about some of that. And it seems that the game that actually shipped it felt a lot lighter on the lore and some of the events uh, that, that wound up happening in the game, or I should say didn't happen in the game, compared to what some of the people, I don't know if they necessarily got to play it in beta, but at least some of the information that was coming out earlier, um, that, that as the game was being developed, it seems that the story was reworked and reduced in scope uh, compared to what shipped. And something similar happened with Warlords of Draenor, um, where uh, particularly the uh, the Gorgrund section, um, in beta, that had a much more detailed story. Uh, Orgrim Doomhammer, one of the major lore characters, was featured much more prominently in there, and it explained his ultimate betrayal. I don't know if it necessarily explained it. I didn't actually get to play it, but it, it built up his ultimate betrayal of Blackhand, um, which is a key Warcraft lore moment. Um, it built that up more, uh, so when that does happen, it actually carried some weight to it. Um, that whole section got reworked, and then when when Orgrim does turn on Blackhand, it comes completely out of nowhere, and it has no weight, and. So it's 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 similar to to kind of hear you describing similar events that you know occurring within the Destiny uh, within Destiny's development cycle, similar events happening to you know Warcraft's development cycle here, at least as as of recently, and I'm probably talking about similar time frames even uh, as far as when these things would have been happening. Um, but I mean. Uh, at least as far as I, I guess comparing Bungie, Bungie and Blizzard, um, I know like we we said how Bungie you know served under Microsoft or was owned by Microsoft and now they're they're on their own and working with Activision in this case, you know Blizzard, you know they were what owned by Vivendi Games for a while and then it wasn't until uh, Activision merged with Vivendi Games and then. That, out of that came Activision Blizzard, and it wasn't until 2013, roughly... Actually, I want to say it may have actually been just about two years ago today. Um, yeah, it's what, today's uh, July 26th. It was July 25th, 2013. So two years ago in one day was when uh, Activision Blizzard purchased all their shares from Vivendi and became their own independent entity. Um, so 
it seems that I guess you know like mists uh, or uh, I mean that was still during Mist of Pandaria like Warlords of Draenor is the first expansion really that has been completely under Activision Blizzard's stewardship um I don't know, like Ray and Jeremy like you know do you, do you guys feel that you know do, do you, you know I guess what thoughts do you guys have as far as you know having sort of watched Warlords come through beta you know as far, as far as does Blizzard seem to Blizzard clearly is of two minds about this expansion. Like they seem to be going in one direction and all of a sudden they changed course abruptly. And does it seem like that's something that Activision may have caused or is is there something else, possibly the movie or, or something that we don't know that could be affecting the direction of the game? You want to handle that first, Ray? Or... Sure, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like... Uh... I don't know if it's necessarily Activision's fault. Uh, I I just feel like after a certain point, Blizzard has just they're they're really conflicted as to what to do to try and keep the player base because they've noticed that whenever a new expansion comes out, they get more subscribers, but then they run out of content because they had all this awesome stuff before and they always figured out ways to implement new things to do be it PvP seasons or new dungeons or stuff like that, but they they don't seem to care, to, other than PvP seasons, as far as like the PvE is concerned, they don't seem too concerned with adding new things into the game. It's like what you, what you get from there, other than raids, is what you get. And I, I feel like they've just run out of ideas. They're, they're scrambling. They're disagreeing with each other because, you know, they're like, we should add this. No, that's too much development time. Let's just do this thing instead. And it, it just adds to conflictions and time time restraints and scheduling. And it's just, I don't know. I think, I think they don't know what they're doing at this point, basically. Uh, I actually want to jump in a little bit. Uh... Jeremy and Ray, what I didn't mean to cut you off, Ray. I, I know that you were going to jump in. What is your experience with uh, WoW? Like, when did you guys start? I started in vanilla. Vanilla? Ray. I started in Burning Crusade. I tried in vanilla, but then I didn't actually play until Burning Crusade. When you guys first started, how content rich was it? I, I, I don't have any experience with WoW, so I'm actually... I'm being serious, just to get a background on on what it's like. Uh, rephrase. Uh, say that again. Actually, like like he wants to know how you... much content I, I guess was in the game, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's what you're asking. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, go ahead. I, I'm not gonna steal Jeremy Shine. I was gonna answer that question, but go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as Vanilla was concerned. There wasn't actually a whole lot. It was just harder to get there. Okay. Uh, uh, some of the quests took way longer to do than they do nowadays because there would be elite mobs. Elite means they're far stronger than they normally are, kind of like uh, the yellow health bar guys on Destiny. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're still the same type of enemies as before. They just take longer to kill and hit you harder. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, there was there was way more of those quests. There was more. Uh, there was class specific quests where if you didn't know how to really play your class, you weren't going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, far more group content. So basically, like 
And that's where the people nowadays keep saying, you know, I wish the game would go back to the way it was before. It was very group-oriented, but it's tough to play. You know, there's some people who just don't make any friends on these games for some reason or just don't like to cooperate. But then those are the people who get the game catered their way because they want to play. So they're like, oh, we need to keep this guy happy. So, blah, blah, blah. When, when, you, when you say group content, though, that's kind of misleading because WoW is very group content oriented now if you look at raiding in particular. I mean, well, raiding is entirely group content, but you're talking like the, the questing experience. Yeah, because I'm talking, in, in, yeah. yeah. In, in vanilla, the questing experience, that was key. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it, was, it was a grind to get to level 60. Um, you know, and especially then, even getting your mounts. I mean, th those things were not cheap. Gold was hard to come by. Mm -hmm. I remember when I got Unless my first... What did you say? Unless you're Ray. Unless you're Ray, yes. <laughs> but gold, no, gold was very hard to come by. I remember like when I got my first single gold piece, and I was super excited about that. Right. Um, and now, I mean, what is it? You get people are making thousands of gold a week off their garrison. Like that, when, that's one of those changes that when I stop and think about that, it blows my mind how much the game has changed. I, I, I played a little bit in vanilla, and then I took a break. Uh, played a little bit again in the Burning Crusade, took a break, and then I came back right before Cataclysm. And I remember struggling, like, one of these days I'm going to get my mount. One of these days I'm going to get my mount. And I'm going to get all that gold to buy the, the license and buy the buy the mount, and it's going to be insane. And I remember being a little bit disappointed as a Tauren that I could only ride a Kodo. But I was like, I'll buy the Kodo anyway, because that's what I'm going to buy. And then I came back, and all of a sudden they're like, everybody can ride everything, and mounts are super cheap. And I'm like... This feels wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I've gotten used to that now, but the game it's 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 the the game itself. Well, one, I mean to to go back to your question, it was very content rich at the time. Mm -hmm. Um but I think compared to compared to other games, I mean the the two continents that they offered had a lot there. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the things that where the game may have been a little weak, I think, was the, the the max level content. But it took people so long to get to max level, it, what, they were able to build that in over time. Because, yeah. um, well, I think Molten Core, I don't think, was there at, at launch. That They added that in a... It's just Anexia at launch. Yeah. So, I mean, th they started adding in the raids and in, in su subsequent patches. Um, PvP, even outside of world PvP, that didn't exist at launch. Um, and they had to start adding in the battlegrounds, and part of the reason they did that is because they wanted to ease up on the world PvP. Because sometimes, if you tried to quest through Stranglethorn, uh, or even uh, Terran Mill and South Shore, yeah. you could never actually quest through there because those were the fun fundamentally the battlegrounds. Yep, you're getting your butt kicked all the time, as it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> you should have come. You should have come back, Jarrett, for the uh, for the tenth anniversary. They did a uh, they did a battleground that was the old Terran Mill South Shore map. Oh yeah. So yeah, they had uh, it was forty versus forty. It was supposed to be one hundred versus one hundred, but they couldn't quite get the uh, get the servers to handle that load. But it was just a forty versus forty death match and, yep, death over match. in, in old uh, Terran Mill and South Shore. And even as somebody who didn't really participate in that, that was fun. Dude, I used to it love. It was pretty fun. Oh man, I used to just love, I I used to play a. a I don't want to say Nighthawk, a fucking Night Elf. <laughs> and I used to just, <laughs> just go invisible and just wait for people to walk by. I played on a PvP server. You by yourself, you're going to die. It's <laughs> That's just the way it was. It's just the way it was. The way it was. <laughs> yeah, so many rogues in South or not South Shore, and uh, rogues in a Stranglethorn just hiding behind a tree waiting for you to come, you know, hey, I just got my brand new mouth. This is so much fun. Trot, 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 trot. 
cheap shot, you're dead. <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah, that's that I used to love. That's why I love playing on a PvP server, man. Mm-hmm. Ah, the days. See, but, the, yeah. the the reason I was asking was because from what you guys are talking about, it's it's weird to compare what a, t- a multi what is it ten twelve year game. Ten years, ten years. Ten years, yeah. It's been ten years for you guys? It's weird to compare a, compare a ten-year game to basically a one-year game, not even one year at this point. But it's a lot of the stuff is very similar that, that you've talked about. For example, um, when we played Vanilla Destiny, there was it was, it was very, very difficult to get to level 30. Almost impossible at times. For time. different reasons, though. R- right, right, right. But... It's still very similar where it was hard to get it to level 30. And once you got to level 30, it was kind Kind of an achievement. Right. Like, that was it. Like, there wasn't anything else. Um, I guess that was the way they they wanted to emphasize group play. And it was a very poor way to do it. But the way it is now, like, you get to level 34 like that. There's no challenge, no nothing. And once you get to level 34, it's like, meh, okay. Is, is 34 the cap right now in House of Wolves? Yep. 34 is the cap for in House of Wolves right now, and you could get that by sneezing. Yeah, you can get, like, I got two characters of 34 in the first week. Damn. And and I got all three of my characters in a couple days to 34. Yeah, the only reason I didn't get all three of the 34 is because I just didn't play one character. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, oh, sorry. Go, go, go Jeremy. I was gonna say I don't even have the uh, any of the expansions for Destiny, and my character is thirty-one. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's, I, it's, I... it's it's been pretty easy so far. I just grind uh, Vanguard rep or in tokens and buy the vendor gear. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Like, what, like with Dark Below, when Dark Below came out, you were able to just buy up to level thirty. Thirty-one. Yeah. Oh yeah, thirty-one. Sorry, you were buy able to buy the thirty-one, yeah. which was a huge mistake. But that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I find it funny that you guys are talking about back in Vanilla Destiny. I mean, Destiny itself isn't even a year old yet. Yeah. And alre- already you're you know you're out of the vanilla phase. I mean, at th- if if at this age in Warcraft's history, people didn't even call it vanilla yet because they didn't know they would need to call it that. Kind of like how World War One didn't become World War One until World War Two, and they're like, oh, that thing that was World War One. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's it's funny that you've already got Vanilla Destiny and you're out of that phase. Um, and I guess that kind of leads me to a question then, because like I guess as far as the video lands video game landscape now compared to over the course of the last ten years, like you know ten to even two years ago, uh-huh. um, you know for a Warcraft player we were used to every two years you get a new expansion, and and whether you wanted it quicker or not, or whether Blizzard wanted to give it to us quicker or not, that was just the rate at which the expansions came out. Um, but for Destiny, we're seeing an expansion, and I am using that term very loosely because that's technically the definition that they're calling it, but we're seeing an expansion roughly every four months or so? Well, that's, it's because they want to kind of, it's almost like they want to mix the WoW and Call of Duty model. Like, Bungie wants a second Call of Duty. They want another game they can get at least $120 a year out of you. In terms of Destiny, it's going to be more. Because if you've been a day one Destiny player and you buy all the expansions, come this September, you will have spent $140 on Destiny unless you buy the $20, you know, dance pack. So you would have spent $160 on Destiny. That's what Activision wants. 
And the thing is, like, Activision, I, I think like, in this aspect, I think Activision has a lot to do with what's going on because, you know, Activision likes the fact that they get so much money from Call of Duty and they just want to apply that to other games that are shooters, but it doesn't work in Destiny because at least with Call of Duty, right? For example, so I bought um, Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty. 60 bucks, didn't buy any expansions. I could turn on Advanced Warfare right now, hop in multiplayer, and be able to fully play multiplayer with no problem with the exception of the new maps. Destiny doesn't work like that. When the new expansions come out, there's content that you can't get into. Sometimes you can't get into the weekly. Sometimes you can't mm-hmm. get into the daily. Like, you you know, you can't get into these uh, the, the new map rotation. I don't even know what happens to you if you try to go on the Crucible right now without the expansions. Uh, I can I I can check that out for you. I don't have it yet. <laughs> Neither do I. I can try right now. <laughs> what will happen is the even if you haven't purchased the the DLC, um, you will get the previous quote unquote DLC um, their maps. So you'll have the dark below maps available to you even oh, if you haven't purchased. I am surprised. Um, Praise Hive Jesus that they <laughs> bestow that upon us. It, it, it's just a weird. It's a weird way they do it. The the way the PvP works for people that don't know, you have four options. You have your three v three with revives. You have six v six with uh, uh, capture the zone. Six v six, and then free for all. Um, those four never change. Then there's two at the top that are only for that current DLC's um, map rotation, which in this case is House of Wolves. Um. Those you can only play if you have the current DLC, but the four will remain as such. They'll be they'll be the vanilla maps plus the previous DLC's maps. Um, it's just it, it's weird because let's say I wanted to play an afternoon with six v six, I can only play six v six in the new maps when they decide to offer that for that week. This week it's it's six v six. Uh, five. I forget what it's called. Uh, where where there's no radar and another. Oh, the uh, inferno modes. Yeah, the six v six inferno mode, and then elimination next week. That'll completely change. You can't play the regular four modes for the new maps. It's weird. It's very strange. It's not strange. Hmm. It's stupid. Yes, that too. <laughs> that's that's exactly strange. Kind of is... melted into stupid. Yeah, yes. subtlety is not Jared's strength, right there. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's fucking stupid. It's it's it dumb to have. I mean, I, I understand that you want people to think that Destiny is some type of new type of game, and so things aren't going to be what they expect. Destiny is a fucking space first-person shooter. That's what it is. It's a first-person shooter with MMO elements. And one of the things that you expect with a first-person shooter is to be able to go into the various multiplayer modes. That's what that's what keeps first person shooters going. The multiplayer. That's why Call of Duty is so big on multiplayer. Almost any first person shooter you get is gonna be big on multiplayer, unless it's like Bioshock Infinite, because that game was amazing. You know, but yes. any other any other shooter's gonna try to get you in with the multiplayer. So to for to have a shooter where you don't have the multiplayer readily available, it you know, that that it's stupid. It's a stupid thing to do. I know exactly why I did it. They did it because they don't want to segment the player base. They're worried. They, they want to funnel players into certain multiplayer modes every week to make it seem active. 
And they, they, that's why they do it. You know, talking about how they have certain events that are only available for certain times um, to funnel players into certain activities, um, it reminds me actually of a recent feature added to WoW, um, the event weekends, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, there's seven different events, uh, and each weekend you get one of them, and I think they're pre-scheduled, so it'll just cycle through. Um, yeah, but, they're on the calendar. Uh, yeah, and so uh, some of the events are there's like a pet battling weekend where you get bonus to your pet battles that you do that weekend. There's a, like an Apexis Crystal weekend where you get bonus Apexis Crystals from killing stuff that weekend. Um, but predominantly, there's two weekends that are Time Walking Dungeon weekends. And this is a new feature that they added where you get to play Burning Crusade and Wrath Dungeons, and it scales your character down to the level at which those dungeons were originally intended. So you actually have to go in with a group and focus on that content as though, you know, as you did back in the day, as opposed to just being able to go in now, it's like a level 70 dungeon, you're level 100, and you can just, like, roll through the thing by yourself because you outgear everything there. Um, and those, the, the, and I specifically mentioned the time-walking dungeons because those are very loved features. I know we've talked about that on, on uh, you know, on, when uh, you guys have done the time-walking dungeons. Yes. And you guys love them. I love them. So... <laughs> I love that. You guys love them. I love them. Like that should be like a quote for something. I love you. <laughs> no, but no, but the thing is, like, people are like, well, why can't these be around all the time? And it's interesting, you know. And then Blizzard has their reasons, you know, because they don't want to make the loot available and stuff. But it's just interesting again that like this is a feature. It sounds a little bit Destiny-ish, like how the Inferno mode maps are only available when Bungie lets you use them. You know, these time walking dungeons are only available when Blizzard lets you use them. Um, and these, this is a new thing to you know, like there ha- I guess maybe the closest thing we had to this before was the the Call of Arms, where there would be like one. Uh, one PvP battleground map that would get you bonus honor, um, you know, for that weekend, and I guess that was to encourage people to play that. But that was a lot more limited in scope than this, mm-hmm. and so I wonder if it's not something where is is this kind of you know two separate companies coming up with similar systems on their own, or are they is there some cross pollination here? And it could just be people at Blizzard play. Destiny and people at Bungie play WoW, um, or is it you know maybe there's some kind of you know I guess between Activision and Blizzard and Bungie they're all there's all cross talk in, in the corporate offices. Oh, there definitely definitely is a happy little bee jumping from flower to flower. I, I, see, I, I don't think I don't think there's as much cross talk or Activision having their hands in both places as we think there is. I just because there's there's tons of time where you know. One game will do something, and another game will also do it because it's a good idea, you know, or it seems like a good idea. And I think it's more of that happening. Um, I, I mean, Activision definitely has a lot to do with with both games, but I, I think that has more to do with things that involve money, not necessarily uh, digging into what features you have available. See. <sighs> I I would agree with that if it wasn't for the fact that it feels like a lot of the stuff that is per when I was listening to Nick's podcast, a lot of the stuff that they're holding back or, 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 or doing with regards to their DLCs or expansions or whatever you want to call it, their updates, it feels a lot like what's happening to us with house of wolves and in the future, uh, taking King, um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because they, in, in terms of the Activision-Blizzard relationship, um, Blizzard definitely has the bigger stick 
than Activision in that relationship. About, I would say, uh, let's see, I think uh, last I checked, Activision Blizzard had close to like 7,000 employees, right? Mm-hmm. Five th- almost 5,000 of those employees, and that may be more than 5,000 now, are Blizzard employees. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Blizzard definitely has a bigger a, a but, bigger stick in that fight. But 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 they have to though, because Blizzard does the development. Activision's just a publisher. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if you count in all the companies that Activision, you know, uses to actually develop Call of Duty or actually uses to develop, you know, Destiny, um, you know, that number changes drastically. Okay, conversely, if you remove all the actual like development part of Blizzard um, and just leave the management, then that that ratio changes drastically. To be fair, though, the Bungie employees are technically not employed by Activision. There's a partnership between the two for publishing, yeah. but but Activision has no say in, well, theoretically, Activision has no say. They Activision could just go and say, all right, well, either he goes or I'm not publishing your game, and then, you know, they'll control it in, in their own special way, but yeah. Um, that's why I don't think that there, uh, those employees get counted for whatever strange reason. Yeah, I don't think they're like. Yeah, it's not like. I don't think Bungie is part a part of Activision as no. Blizzard is a part, you know, of Activision. Yeah. But the thing, like I said, the thing about like uh, Blizzard, like they they operate kind of like on their own. Like that's that they, they don't. Do. Yeah, they, they, uh, Blizzard operates more so on their uh, on their own. I think if there was a, a problem. If there was a, if something was happening inside of Blizzard where they started, you know, losing money and things uh, of that nature, I think then the parent would start getting. Actually, that's the thing. Activision is not even the parent, to be honest with you. I think that uh, at that point you'd start seeing, uh, you know, more of the Codex hand getting involved and in putting his people into that side of the business. Right, and and it's not that. I mean, and that's the thing. It's not. I guess, I guess one of the reasons that, as a, as a Warcraft fan, we've been so confused is Blizzard has a history of delivering quality games. And, you know, they come out and, you know, they're famous, it's ready when it's ready. Um, you know, and, and they're trademarked soon. And, and, you know, they put their games out when they put their games out. They never operate on a timetable, at least not one that's visible to the community. And they have no problem when that timetable is not going to be met. They have no problem just saying, screw the timetable, we'll, you know, we'll... We'll, we're going to work on the game. We'll get it when we get it. But we've seen we've seen the Diablo three struggle at launch, and they eventually got everything right with Reaper of Souls. But Diablo three struggled at launch, and especially Warlords of Draenor. The the, the big question is is that they when. They clearly planned for the, this expansion to have only two raids. Normally, the expansions have had three raids. I think uh, Wrath of the Lich King, you could argue, had four, um, but there's a there's a significant decrease in content that we're seeing here and the biggest question for the warcraft community is why if blizzard can forge their own fate if blizzard is in charge of everything warcraft related there is nothing that anybody can say to them to be like you need to reduce the amount of content that you're putting out in your expansions there's no you know you can you can have an exp- an expansion with five raids you can have an expansion with one raid it's entirely up to you and the story you want to tell and what best services that expansion but from the get-go for Warlords, they've been shady about how many raids were going to be in there. And I think as soon as they, as soon as uh, Chilton said, "Well, we might only do two raids this expansion," like that, 
tipped everybody off, there's probably only going to be two. And people were like, well, he said maybe, you know, so we don't, it's not set in stone. But that was Blizzard, and I think you even like my, my Blizzard being coy speech. Yeah. Um, but that was Blizzard being coy about that. And... And now it's it's official. There's only two raids this expansion, and, and hopefully the next one will be coming soon. But why why make that change? There was no, no the the player base. The player base was complaining that the new expansions took too long to come out because after that third raid, it would be about a year before the next expansion was ready. So what we wanted to see cut down is that year of development time. If they could, you know, the whole plan is they're supposed to have another development team, so the expansions are working in tandem. At no point did anybody say we we want you to get the next expansion out. So cut the middle bit, leave that year long break in the middle, but cut the middle raid because that'll make everything go quicker that doesn't make sense and that's kind of what they've done and the question is is to, to like who are they trying to service with this because the, the player base still gets stuck with that year-long break it doesn't satisfy them and it's it, it, that's the kind of thing that seems like it's servicing some kind of cor- corporate overlord somewhere where they're looking in purely on every you know every two years we put out this expansion we get to sell a little box for forty now fifty dollars uh, you know we get to make money off that and traditionally within Blizzard nobody's fulfilled that corporate overlord role or I should I shouldn't say that but I feel like Blizzard's been fairly Blizzard never comes across as greedy at least they haven't before and I think as a as a fan of Warcraft, as a fan of Blizzard, it's hard to look at what seems to be purely a financial decision as far as how to proceed with their development. And to look at that and and, and think, okay, like, who's pulling the strings now? And the only real sort of, you know, bad guy you can conjure up in all of this is Activision. I believe, and, I was going to say, I be, to counter Jared's point, I actually do believe Activision has more control over Blizzard than than people are being led on to believe. Um, just a lot of their pricing models um seem to mimic a lot of stuff that they do with the, with their other games, and at least recently, anyway. Um, just if they know that they can get get away with less content, which means less money they have to put into the game, they're most likely going to take that that um that that path. Reason being, they already knew know that they're going to lose a certain amount of players at a certain amount of time. Um, if they're going to lose those players regardless, why would I put extra money into the game to offer a raid that will probably only last a month or so, and that'll only act, uh, you know, satisfy a certain percentage of players when I could just not put the money into that and just put another game out later on. Um, I, I do believe that if the numbers dip below a certain level, you'll see Activision becoming more, uh, hands-on with regards to the product. In terms of stuff like, for example, uh, Diablo 3, I mean, I remember when I, I got it when I was at Ray's place, uh, this was years ago, um, and I was playing with uh, a couple people that, that came over that, that day, and it felt like an incomplete product. It, it felt very weird, and, and I mean, I wasn't a huge Diablo player at the time. Still, I'm still not, um, but I just remember how rushed it felt, like it, it, it seemed incomplete, like... I don't know. That, that that seems like, again, going back to the whole thing where we'll, we'll release it and we'll patch it later on. And considering that this is a company that took how many years to put out StarCraft 2, it seems a little weird. 
They're still putting it out. Yeah, they're still putting it out. <laughs> but then like, when you have a company as large as Blizzard, like that's close to 5,000 employees. That's, that's a, that is a large company. They have, you know, different development units uh, making these games. And these different development units, like for StarCraft, for Diablo, for World of Warcraft, they're all really big units. They could be their own companies by themselves. And they probably have indivi- like different cultures inside of each community. Like, it's the, I mean, me and Nick can tell you, the company that we work for, there are, a, there's a huge shift in culture going from office to office. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so that, ha- for a company as large as Activision, I can totally see that happening where the, the, the heads of each, you know, let's say, um, of each division, they get together, they talk about some overarching company stuff and you know they talk about where they are the problems that they're having and you know then you know they go about their business but when they get to those individual you know those individual teams which are huge like i said they probably have their own cultures and like you know or uh they have priorities like you know with starcraft a huge priority is the competitive community not even a thought in the in the diablo world everything in the diablo world is content, or it was supposed to be content, but it really turned into money, <laughs> you know. And, and and you know, in terms of well, you know, the question of well, what's happening to the content? Why is the content uh, not as good as it used to be? Like the, it feels like the content used to be more of a priority. Um, you know, you can't say well, maybe Activision is getting more involved, or you can actually look at the numbers and see that the company, like straight up from Warcraft isn't making the money that it used to. And they might be trying to make up for that. Maybe that's why in Diablo, they were trying to make more money from, you know, Diablo with the microtransactions and the auction house and stuff like that. Uh, because, I mean, what year was it where they hit almost 13? It was like, what was it, 2010, where it was like 12 or 13 million 12, subscribers? Yeah, 12, 12 million, yeah. 12 million subscribers. Never hit that again. Maybe when they saw the dip from the twelve million, they thought they can get back up there. But no, they're not back up there. Like what they they came back up to ten, and then it dropped back down to seven. Yeah, you know. So like they have to. We haven't heard of any like big layoffs or restructuring from Blizzard. You know, and they well, built. I'm sorry. Go, you gonna say something? I just want to say, as far as restructuring, because you you know, going back on your point about culture for a moment, one of the things that happened right before Warlords of Draenor launched was that they shuttered Titan which had been in development. Right. And they brought that team over and merged them with the World of Warcraft team. And then they massively hired for the World of Warcraft team so that they could have two units, you know, developing for Warcraft, one working on one expansion, and then the other group working on the following expansion. So they could get them going in parallel, then they could get them out quicker. At least that was the plan. Not that we're really seeing those fruits yet. But you're entirely right, though, that with a, especially if you bring over a team that's been working on something that's been in development but never actually announced, like, there's no pressure there. So it could, be, it, it could well be that the problem is just that they brought over a bunch of people to work on Warcraft who haven't actually had to work on anything that was public-facing in years, and they're not used to it. And so their, their development culture is not... It's, it's not compatible with what players are expecting from Warcraft. Yeah, like, you're right about that. And the, the the thing is, though, like, coming up to the point where you had 12 million subscribers or so, right? Blizzard didn't have to worry about money. Like, Warcraft was their 3DS. It printed money. You know, yes. they could do whatever you want. So when you don't have to worry about money, 
then you can be like, how can we make this the mo- the best possible experience for the players? You know, when, and that's when you're on the on the incline. You know what I'm saying? That's when you're on the yeah. incline and you're just used to getting more money than you used to. And you're like, well, if we just want to keep making more money, all we have to do is keep making the players happy. That mentality can totally change when you start declining. You know, because now, now you might have to worry about cutting some people. How can we keep the same quality, or can we, you know, can we keep the same quality by cutting people, or how can we make more money so we can keep the quality or the people that we have? Uh, well, the thing is, though, when they haven't cut anybody yet, but also there's two things that they've done to offset that decline in Wild's revenue. One is they've increased the number of mounts and pets and even cosmetic items <laughs> that are available for cash on the on the shop. So you've got people who will pay twenty five dollars every th- every time they throw up a new mount, and they can just they can literally just produce those as often as they can make them. I mean, there's no limit on how quickly they can push out a store mount. That's actually one of the little the, the, the minor complaints about Warlords is that the store mounts look way better than the mounts that are available in game, and all the mounts that are available in game are just reskins of each other. Well, no shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but no, but the other the other counter is that. As Warcraft has been declining, Hearthstone has been a huge success for them, and it's one of those things that when you look when Activision does their uh, does their quarterly sales meetings, what's the two games that they always talk about? How many users they have? Hearthstone and Destiny. You know, fifty million. They had fifty million combined users last time, and I know Hearthstone's free to play, so it's, they're not. It's not a strict. Uh, you know, it's not like, you know, they're not monetizing every single Hearthstone player there, but packs are fairly cheap, and Hearthstone's been doing very well for Blizzard. That's one team, it started like five, well, I, I think it started like five guys or, or ten guys or something. That's a team that's growing rapidly, so they can keep pushing out content for that. And I think that's that's the kind of game-changing type thing where... You know, Blizzard, I think, at least, has seen how successful Hearthstone has been. Uh, you know, there, it looks like, you know, here's the Storm, and even potentially Overwatch may be a little more free-to-play, where you pay for the other, you know, like in, in uh, Heroes of the Storm, you pay for the heroes. Um, you know, as far as, tra- you know, a different method of monetization, as opposed to, the you know, the subscription model with Warcraft, or even, uh, you know, Starcraft and, and Diablo, where you just buy the base game and go from there. Um, so that's... That's something that I guess Activision, you know, for for as much as we like to say Activision is set in their Call of Duty map pack model, um, you know, maybe that's something that can change their thinking if they see how well Hearthstone is doing for everybody. Hearthstone just prints money for that company. It's ridiculous how much money they make off that. It is. In terms of Call of Duty, though, I think Activision, while everybody hates them, you can't say they're not they're not, they're they're not smart because I highly doubt they're gonna rock that uh that that call of duty boat <laughs> you know they know oh, they would be surprised well they drop a call of duty every year they know it makes a ton of money and then they have the dedicated players buy the map packs yeah, i mean so are you wait are you saying that they're hamstringing destiny because they don't want it to hurt call of duty no, no. i didn't say that fuck you talking about nick well that's, that's i just want to make sure because you said they don't want to rock the call of duty boat if destiny if destiny gets too popular all of a sudden everybody's gonna love that instead of call of duty nah, nah. and the boat two, boat rocked boat tipped over boat sinking two totally different audiences because like you can, i know people who play call of duty right they play call of duty religiously but if you play anything else besides call of duty like let's say you play destiny that's that's nerdy they are not gonna do that. i i literally i know people like personally, they say this. They play Call of Duty because, quote unquote, it's realistic. You know. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
like shooting somebody like a hundred yards away with a submachine gun is realistic. But when, um, when did you become a comedian? <laughs> uh, but you know, the, they they play Call of Duty and they play Battlefield because of that. I mean, we refer to these people as dude bros, and rightfully so. That's what they are. Okay, dude bro. This is what they do. Like, they play Call because it's it's real and it's Bruh. realistic and it's hardcore. But they won't play Destiny because I mean, let's realistically, Destiny is a game about shooting. Space wizards with magic guns. That's what De- Destiny is <laughs> at the end of the day, okay? And that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Nah. They could play being Call a of Duty. Isn't cool. What'd you say? I said being a warlock isn't cool. No, being a warlock is cool, Jeremy. It is cool. It's my main. It's cool. No, that's my main too in Destiny. <laughs> Yawn. That's being sarcastic. Hunter uh, Master Race. Yeah, well, Jorge likes being able to turn invisible so he can run around the track. So Jorge likes to play Call of Duty in Destiny because he's a hunter. <laughs> he likes to throw knives and stab people. Hey. That... That's just his racial. But language. who's the one always <laughs> resing you? Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm a warlock, damn it. Well, you... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh huh. Wait, are we talking about WoW or are we talking about Destiny now? Combination. (laughs) Stay on topic, Ray. (laughs) I got confused. I know you did. (laughs) Ray yourself. But that's the thing. I mean, like, Call of Duty has its audience, and I think Activision is they they are very in tune with that Call of Duty audience, which is why they they know those players will spend one hundred twenty dollars a year. They know they will. And that's why even when they had the, uh, what was it called? When they had, and it was only available for console, it wasn't available for PC. They had that $60 Call of Duty, I forget what it was. But it had like, you know, additional features. And you, it had like stat tracking and stuff like that. I forget what it was called. Like, I'm pretty sure they shut it down after a while. What, Call of Duty was... Elite? Yeah, Call of Duty Elite. Do they still have that? I don't know. I don't, right? I haven't heard anything I about it. I think I heard that they shut it down. Yeah, because the thing is, like, if you bought that, it was st- it was sixty dollars and it included all of the DLC. It was basically a season pass, you know. And so they didn't like they didn't want to rock the they didn't want to sp- you know they are they're already getting the players for double the amount of money that they would every year, and the people complained about it, but they still paid for it because um, while they liked Call of Duty, they also played with friends. Like, I know a guy who plays, uh, uh, a friend of mine, he plays his Xbox that he doesn't like because his friends play it. <laughs> you know? And they're, they're very... I know somebody like that. Yeah, they're... Are you? Who, me? Yes. No, I don't play my Xbox. You know what my Xbox does right now? It plays HBO Go for me. That's what my Xbox does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they touted that it was, you know, a, a, an entertainment system. It is an entertainment system. Use it it really is. It really is. Actually, my my first, you know, I've had games for gold for God knows how long because I've been an Xbox Live member for twelve years. I just realized. Um, and uh, the first games for gold game that I downloaded was like a month or two ago. It was Rayman, Rayman, uh, Rayman Legends. So that yeah, shows you how much value I'm game. actually I'm getting out of it. It is a decent game. It's nice. But uh, yeah, with with uh, with Destiny, they're they're trying. I think it's a whole different audience. I don't think those two audiences are going to cannibalize themselves. Like Activision, they uh, while they're making tons of money for a publisher that only has a few good properties. Like think about it. Like you have, let's say you got you got World of Warcraft, obviously. Um, Diablo, which I don't think is really making much. It's not. It's not like a annual 
revenue generator. You know, yeah. you got StarCraft, which also isn't an annual revenue uh, annual revenue generator either. You know, it actually, co- I don't. I don't. It costs them more money uh, because they're even they're giving prize money and stuff like that for, um, you know, the esports stuff. Then on the other side, you got Call of Duty, uh, which is for the dude bros. You got Skylanders, which is for the kids, and then you have uh, Destiny, which is for. Uh, <laughs> that's that's just for everybody else. Apparently, it's for the ner- it's for the nerds. That's, that's for that's for everybody else. The, the for reason go are you? <laughs> but you know the the, the truth. You know what the truth is about Destiny. Uh, one of the reasons Destiny is successful is because its only true competitor is Halo. Destiny's only true competitor is Halo because Halo's the only other space shooter that's out there. It's the only other space arena shooter that is out there. You know, if there, yeah. I think there, if there were more arena shooters or space shooters out there, I think Destiny would have a harder time. Like it fills a void. You know, what, what, sometimes what about I don't, Titanfall. That's not a, oh, that's not God. a space stop shooter. That's a that's a That's 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 not a space shooter. You know, sometimes I don't want to kill people. Sometimes I want to kill space wizards with magic guns. <laughs> you know, well, I want, or, or I want some. Yeah, I want some type of impossible gun. Like, I love space shooters, but when my after Call of Duty four and everybody started trying to clone Call of Duty, I mean that's when the space shooter really died. Partially, you know, because it wasn't at their very best, and uh, Unreal or Epic pretty much turned their back on their community, and it just died along with that because Call of Duty, uh, it 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 it, it hit. You know, it made a, it made a big splash on the consoles, and then that's when you know history can tell itself after that. But that's one of the reasons. Like, there's no, there's not much in that space. I think Destiny's biggest competition is going to come this November from Halo. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't even think that. I understand that, that it's going to be a pretty big competition with Halo, but I don't think Halo's as big a, com- a competitor as Microsoft thinks that they are. Not, at least not anymore. Um, people have gotten uh, with, with Destiny. It, it, it really is a merger of, of the two worlds of Halo and, and Warcraft in some in in some way, a very weird way. Um, and it's just be- mostly because with with Destiny, you get this euphoria of like, oh, I got a thorn, I got a Galahorn, I'm I, I can do use this. And people don't have this. That, that's that's the appeal of Destiny, having something that your compet your competitor does not. As in, like the guy you're going up against. Oh, I have some submachine gun that I got at the beginning of the game. Cool, bro. Here's a Hawkmoon to the face, and they're dead. <laughs> and it's like they they can't compete with that. Part you know, knowing that you have an advantage over a player. You is know what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were done. My bad. <laughs> I was just going to say, knowing that you have an advantage over a player because you have something they don't is one of the things that, that adds, you know, that, that I don't know if it's a fun element, but more of a, a mystique to the game, you know, that, that draws player to play that game. Get, getting a thorn is definitely not a fun aspect. An RNG for a Galahorn is RNG, RNG, RNG. It's not a good aspect. Is, is that is that the problem that maybe our problem isn't so much with Activision? It's that RNG governs both these games. Yes. <laughs> well, in Destiny, way harder though. Like, oh, yeah. you know how like okay, for example, like Jorge, uh, we, we we've been playing um, 
we've been playing. You know what I'm getting ready to talk about, right? <laughs> we've been playing more raids recently, and I finally got a Vex Mythical class. Do you know how many times I've ran Vault of Glass? I, I had pretty much given up on getting a Vex Mythical class, and that's when they gave it to me. That's when they gave it to me. I just did Vault that day, kind of just like, fuck it, let's do it. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, I've been playing Vault of Glass for a long time, and I haven't gotten that. I've been playing Destiny from day one. I have done numerous Nightfalls, haven't even sniffed at a Gallahorn. You know, mm-hmm. I've been trying to get a Black Hammer and a Word of Crota for God knows how long. Nothing because of RNG. Meanwhile, Jorge gets a Vex Mythical class every time he does fucking Vault of Glass, okay? He gets that. He's, he, he breaks Gallahorns into shards. He shards them because he has so many. Like He actually complained one day. He's like, God damn it, another Mythical class. Jesus Christ. Like, come on. <laughs> like that I mean, is... come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing. Like, Destiny has too much RNG. Like, I, like fucking exotics should they they all should have bounties like you do these things and then you know you can you, you'll have these weapons but that in one of the reasons in orbit works really well and the only reason i'm still considering getting the taken king is because when we talk jorge talks from the the, the mindset of a pve player and i talk from the mindset of a pvp player so on the, the mindset of the PvE player and people like that we know, like we have another friend. I have a, um, a friend who doesn't play first-person shooters at all, but yet he plays Destiny, okay? And, you know, from the PvE perspective, like getting these items on RNG that nobody else has, like, yeah, that's cool, you know? And go- taking them into PvP and being able to use them on people is fun. But from the mind of a PvP player, it's just cheesy, you know, I don't want that. Like, I like I don't. I want everybody to have thorns. I want everybody to have a thorn because it doesn't matter because I'm going to kill you anyway because I'm the best with the thorn. That's what I want. I want everybody to have thorns. Everybody to have gallowhorns. Everybody to have red death so I can show you that you are nothing. That's what I want. No, that and makes it, sense because PvP should be about skill, not so much that I have this cheesy gun that I'm going to clip you and all this this poison just vaporized you. Exactly. Peter. And that, that's the thing. I mean, like, you have, like, there's going to be a nerf coming up to the thorn for the thorn soon, you know? And I expect there's going to be a lot of people who use it that are going to stop playing PvP, you know? <laughs> they're going to they're stop playing PvP. I actually, shit, I've seen people. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. I've seen people <laughs> who will quit because they're, th- like, you know, like, for example, when people, when I see, when I'm in a match, right, or I'm playing Crucible and I'm seeing a trend of a lot of people using the thorn, I stop using my thorn, I switch to red death. And I have seen people just start quitting because they can't kill me because I just I'm using red death on them instead. You know, and, and like you regenerate it, health. Like yeah, like yeah, you regenerate health when you kill somebody and that pretty much nullifies the thorn effect, which I know for Nick and Ray you don't know the thorn when you shoot somebody with it, it eats additional health away. It's so much cheese. So much fucking cheese. So, Basically, you're a rogue with a with a ranged weapon that'll kill somebody. Yeah, like <laughs> poisons. In in terms of range, I I have sniper fights with a hand with with the thorn, and the thorn's a handgun. It's a hand cannon. Yeah. So, so it, it's it's also a hand cannon that shoots like knives, pretty much. Have you ever seen <laughs> Jeremy? Have you seen the projectile that comes out of the thorn? No. Shoot it into a wall one day, so you can see how big that shit is. 
It, it looks like a ninja knife. It does. It really does. It's fucking huge. Nice. So I wasn't too far off when I said a rogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But that's the thing. Like that's why I think Halo is gonna have a larger effect than I think than Jorge does. Because from from a PVE perspective, I don't think uh, Halo has an appeal for those uh, for those players. So the players who play who like who play Destiny because they like getting the items and. They like having some other people don't have. But with the PvP players, if they have an Xbox, I think that's Halo's biggest problem right now is a lot of people don't have Xboxes. I, you know, the people who do have Xboxes and they, they play for the player versus player aspect of Destiny, I think Halo, like Halo has a good chance to steal those guys. But they have to go get an Xbox. Yes, I, I fully expect, <laughs> I fully expect for the, for the uh, Destiny population on the Xbox One to decrease when Halo comes out. But as far as the people who play on the console, Destiny was meant for. I'll yes, anybody <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because Destiny does this Xbox. Like they, I don't, I don't have they ever had a developer day on Xbox, Jorge? Uh, not to my knowledge. Yeah, like they used to play with PS4 people all the time and do nothing to the Xbox people. Do you think they were they've intentionally been underplaying the Xbox relationship? And I mean, fundamentally, I guess they've been underplaying it because they made they forged the relationship that they have with Sony. But do you think they even focused on that because they knew it, it if they if if they had become you know sort of the you know Xbox or was their console of choice that eventually they would be running up against Halo and they're like, well, there's nothing on Sony for us to worry about. Let's just get all cozy with Sony. Yeah, we'll still be on Xbox, but. Yeah, they can have Halo, and at least we're over there for those that want it. I think that might that might be one of the reasons. Like they knew that they'd have, like you know, Sony is going to pay them way more attention because I mean I can't even think of any good shooters besides Destiny that's on the PS4. I mean, don't talk about Killzone. That, that like Killzone should be embarrassed of itself. That's that's embarrassing. <laughs> that it's embarrassing when the PS Vita Killzone is better than the one on the PS4. Embarrassing. I mean, for for Sony, they they treat Destiny like it's a like it's a first uh, first party, yeah. Uh, first first party, problem, yeah. yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, a first party uh, it thing of property. They they do a lot of the stuff. Like for example, I plug in my my Sony headset and I go into the little uh, app. There's one specifically for Destiny. The other ones that are listed, almost all of them are first party games. With the exception of, I think, Watch Dogs, and I can't remember if there's anything else. Watch Dogs? So, yeah, so, Watch Dogs had, has its own. I, I said Watch Dogs. I was making a Watch Dogs. <laughs> watch so, dogs. That, that headphone setting for Destiny, it, it, it totally, you know, turns the damn music down, right? Oh, you can, you can turn the music off. I've been playing with the music off for months now. Yeah. Oh, thank God. So that way you don't have to hear the, uh, the fat oh, boy he, music. He, he hasn't been here for, 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 that, for that update. He comes and goes whenever he pleases. He's like, oh, yes. hi, guys. Bye, guys. Hi. That's Bye. basically my Destiny uh, experience. Is, okay, I'm going to hop on. Will it let me do my weekly? Nope. All right. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like, Destiny doesn't care about you unless you're spending money. Yeah. Whereas with, like I said, Call of Duty, you can still play. And you can get in, a, you can, in a Call of Duty, you'll get into a map rotation, and you'll stay in the map rotation. It'll never kick you out. You know? If, yeah, you, same thing with uh, Battlefield Four. The only thing that you that you have advantage wise over people who don't have um, the map packs is the uh, like the two extra guns that came with per pack. But you can still play on the vanilla maps, right? Not worry about it. And that's another thing. I mean, like if you like, let's say you do go into the Crucible, 
Uh, I mean, some some gun like actually, I have, to be honest with you, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen any new exotics that give you an unfair advantage like the thorn does or like the red death does. Um, but that's the thing. Like, you, if you miss an expansion, you could miss a a really really cheesy weapon. And I gotta be honest with you, sometimes it really just comes down to the cheese. You know, it, it really comes down to who can out cheese who. That's what it comes down to. Hold on, let me play Perfect Dark. There's cheese scattered everywhere. I gotta gather it all. Yeah. Oh God, yes. <laughs> oh, what's the name of that one gun that would shoot through walls and you could snipe people the from sight? Yes. Oh my God, <laughs> that is Gorgonzola Maximum. Yeah. <laughs> I hated that gun. Oh God. Dest- Destiny needs one of those. No, don't you believe it? <laughs> you can already shoot through solid buildings in Destiny with some guns. <laughs> Like now, I, is that I've actually been, happening, or is it like a, an illusion? No, that shit. That, it's like legit. Like I've I've been oh, shot God. through rock surfaces that I'm like, even in a fantasy world, that's fucking impossible. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's that like bad. Like I, I thought it was like the first time it happened to me. I thought it was like a glitch. I thought I was like, are you fucking serious? I even made a video of it and I showed stage. Like, can you believe this? Like, oh, their netcode fucking sucks. Like I was like, yeah. But then we found out that that was legit. You know, my whole actually happening. Shit. Yeah, this is this is actually supposed to be happening. And like I said, like Destiny comes down like you if you don't get an expansion, not just not missing the regular content, but you can you know you can be missing out. You can be putting yourself at an unfair advantage because of, of content. Uh, you know, because of like you know you're missing weapons and things like that. I will say this though. The biggest problem Destiny has with the, with terms of its content and with its weapons is that the vanilla base game weapons are so powerful that when it comes to the new stuff, they're not as powerful in, in some terms. In, in some ways, they're even weak. They're weaker than some of the regular weapons that you get. Um, for example, Thorn, Red Death, uh, Hawk Moon, uh, Last Word. Th- those are all vanilla stuff. And they're still having an impact now, even though we've gotten two DLCs worth of exotics that don't do quite the damage or, or have quite the effect. And is um, it because they're building these exotics in the expansions as placeholders to eventually nerf the vanilla guns too? Like I don't I don't even know because like when the first when the game first came out, there was it seemed like there were weapon balances every other week. The last weapon balance was how many months ago? Three months ago? Four months ago? Yeah. And it was extensive, and it and it put everything. It was like you have an auto rifle. That's cute. Put that away. Yeah. yeah all yeah, yeah, all it did was remove the auto rifles from the crucible. Pretty much, it removed the auto rifles, brought the pulse rifles. It was supposed to. Well, it was supposed to make hand cannons less of a threat. <laughs> no, it um, made it more of a threat. Made it more of a threat, and then it also uh, was supposed to make it so that special ammo is uh more precious now and people aren't running around shotguns they need to watch my videos because i put work in with the matador like i, <laughs> like, I mean Olay. the other night i got a well, i got like a 12 kill streak nothing but shotgun kills if you would have been around me all you would heard one shot and then somebody dying that's all you would have seen on the scoreboard Nice. You know, and that's so, like, I don't even, like, it was pretty much all they did was make getting special ammo more annoying. <laughs> that's all they <laughs> did. But, I mean, like, they, like, we talk about on an orbit, De- Bungie has trouble balancing weapons. Like, 
with Halo, obviously, there was a set amount of weapons, and that's all you had to deal with, because Halo was an arena shooter for consoles. All they really had to do was make sure uh, that it was it was playable on console, because, you know, usual arena shooters like Quake uh, and Unreal, you have a mouse and keyboard, so movement is a lot more fluid. So in order to fix that with Halo, that's why you have the low grav, you know, to kind of compensate for, uh, you know, you know, when somebody is jumping around, they're not bouncing off walls and stuff like that. They, you can shoot somebody in the air. Uh, yeah. But in terms of, like, weapon balance, they had the same issues other arena shooters did. They didn't have that many weapons, and it was easy to balance. Now with Destiny, you have God knows how many weapons. Like, bo- like, uh, like almost a Borderland amount of weapons. And <laughs> Borderlands doesn't have to worry about balance, but Destiny does. And they hit, they're really having a tough time balancing those weapons. Now, is that Bungie's fault or Activision? That's definitely Bungie's fault. I blame everything <laughs> on Bungie. I, I don't blame... Like, I, I mean, I think like, Jorge thinks a, a lot of this is, 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 you know, Activision and their hand kind of guiding things, you know. Um, but I think, I, I think Bungie has more power in this situation than they did with Microsoft. We've seen, too, with Warcraft that PvP is almost unbalanceable there as well. Um, and we even talked about on the last uh, WoW talk about the PvP mercenary mode that was put in, not to fix anything, but just to alleviate the queues because the Alliance the alliance side queues are so long because their racial is so unbalanced, everybody plays on that side. Or the human racial is so unbalanced, I should say. So, I mean, we've, seen, we, we've got a game here, and I mean, admittedly, Balancing skills, the, balancing the skills that are the, the, fundamentally the base of WoW PvP versus the weapons that are the base of, of Destiny PvP aren't the same. But at the same time, they're both games where this, their systems are intended to service PvE and PvP. And it seems that, and I, I guess rightly so, that they're fo- that everything at least works within PvE, and that's fine. But it's then taking that and not you know, and, and not being able to significantly tweak it. Like I don't know if there's any guns in Destiny that operate differently in PvP than they do in PvE. Oh because, yes. Oh, the, so they they have been putting that in then, as far as making those changes where a gun acts one way in PvE and another way in PvP. Because Blizzard has done that to a very limited capacity with certain skills in in Warcraft, where you know they'll to- tweak some of the numbers. You know, certain things don't do as much damage in PvP as they do in PvE and whatnot because they. It's it it's it it's not right to punish the PVE players because you know like hunters have too much burst which they need to kill some of the raid bosses but they can't you know but you don't want to burst somebody down in in PVP because that's not fair so you know they have to start you know like stampede does different levels of damage in in, in those yeah I, I keep oh, try- go ahead Jeremy oh, sorry no, no go ahead Jeremy I was gonna say I keep trying to think of a way that they can solve the every man for himself issue and I I I, I they don't- can't. <laughs> I don't know how it's they, they they can make it do something completely different in PvP to make it so that we have to equip a trinket to they, to they, re, you know remove those effects or whatever but it's so valuable to me at least in PvE because whereas everybody else is sitting there in fire during a 5 second stun I I hit it and I'm out of the stun and I can move out of the fire and sit there and DPS the boss. They can't fix that and I fully expect that that'll get yanked out in the next expansion, but they're not going to pull it out now, which is why they put in the PvP mercenary mode as kind of their little workaround. Whatever they do, they got to let me know beforehand so I can mourn 
and <laughs> have a moment of silence. See, it's I think it's a lot harder in Warcraft than Destiny because in Destiny they have one huge out, and if they wanted to balance, if if they really wanted to balance guns and PvP, all they have to do is has say this perk works or this perk does not work against Guardians of Light. You know, or this perk works differently against, you know, or beings of light versus, you know, Warcraft where, you know, you don't really have, like, you don't have a lightness, you know, not lightness, but like a light versus dark type of vibe going. Like, all of the mm-hmm. guardians or the people that you fight in PvP, they're all guardians of light. So the thorn may do X amount of damage to a, to, to a, uh, you know, uh, an enemy of darkness, but when you use it on a, you know, a being of light, it doesn't have the effect where, you know, it eats away health, you know. The only time they run into a problem is if they ever plan for you to fight a Guardian of Light as part of the story mode at some point. They are not that advanced. They're not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But they've got a 10-year plan. You don't know when they're going to get to that. Uh, (laughs) Remember when we were talking about how there were story elements that were yanked? Originally, you were supposed to fight the guy that, that, that had the thorn. Suppose, supposedly he was allied with the Cabal. You were going to kill him in Charlemagne's vault, and you were going to take the Thorn. That's how you got the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they, they they removed that element and made it so that you have you have to do a weird quest line, which doesn't really fit the story behind the weapon. It's still a cool story uh, way to get a weapon, but it's 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 completely unrelated. It's 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 what Jared was talking about, you know, with regards to, like for example, one of the perks on a on a piece of armor is you get additional super energy when you kill a, a minion of darkness with a grenade mm-hmm. or some or something like that. So that perk doesn't work in PvP, but you do that in PVE and you get all this energy. Um, another example where um, stuff that that outperforms in pvp that does not perform in pve is the blade dancer blade dancer in pvp ridiculous i can kill six people real quick and then do a dance and a little jig and and that that be that you try (laughs) using that blade dancer attack on a boss he will laugh at you stomp then growl because you're dead yeah yeah that's pretty much how it goes actually i have videos of me killing an entire team and then killing them again after they res with blade dancer (laughs) it's fucking ridiculous but yeah i mean and that's the thing it's just like i I don't know like it's not that blade dancer you know when pb like there's no uh what's the word i'm looking for there's no note or uh perk for fighting a guardian versus fighting you know, an NPC. There's no perk there. It's just that any super in uh, in Destiny is gonna kill a guardian with one shot. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same thing with uh, Golden Gun. It'll take a few shots to kill. You know, a uh, you know like a special enemy or especially a boss. It almost feels like a waste, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I'd use it on the little the ads and stuff that show up instead of on the boss himself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That that's pretty much what you have to end up doing. But like what I'm talking about, like if they want the be- they could totally balance PvP and Destiny, and they I, they I I think they just choose not to because they want those PVE players to play. I mean, I already know that they have a trouble with people playing PVE uh, PvP because when Destiny first came out, one thing that you didn't see is 
you play like I didn't see myself playing international players. I was not playing international players. But around December, when they were having lower like PvP numbers, then they open it up and now you're playing international players and a first person shooter. That's when the lag issues started happening and the lag issues persist <laughs> to today. Because yes. you're you're playing internationally and a first person shooter. It's it's a travesty. It's a fucking travesty. <laughs> it relies on Speedy connections. This is not. This is not working correctly. Come on. Exactly. Well, the, uh, the 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 big reason, at least for for me, what I see is more than any other first person shooter. This game relies on the PVE segment more than than, for example, a Halo. Um, you you try to tell somebody that I'm buying a Call of Duty game for the PVE uh, element, and they'll laugh at you. Well, they can like, laugh at me because I do it every. Well, I don't do it every year, but. I definitely do it when I do buy Call of Duty. It's for the single player. Right. Whereas Destiny, I would say 70% of their players do it for the PvE. There are people to this day that will not step in to PvP for any reason at all. They only want to do the PvP stuff. I mean, PvE stuff. It's a very weird dynamic for a game that is... For example, a first-person shooter, where it's all based around the PV. For for most people, it's but, based around PVP. But that sound, but that actually sounds more like what you see with an MMO. Like one of right. the things, like Warcraft, is supposed to be a very social game, and yet you right. see people who come in and they don't talk to anybody, and they just do their solo questing. They don't touch any of the group content, and they're fine with that. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, I, I think. Destiny sits in a very odd position because it is a first-person shooter, it is a console shooter, but it also is an MMO, despite what, despite what Bungie may say otherwise. And right. so, yeah, it, it a shared it has, world shooter. Thank you. Yeah, and so yeah, so so it, it allows for that. Um, if yeah, we can, the, the, if we, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna well finish your point because I want to start wrapping things up here. I was just gonna say that's why I disagree with Jarrett in terms of. When with with Halo Five coming out, I, I I don't see the drop off that that you do just because they're satisfying two different um two different groups. I mean, there are people that play Halo strictly for story, but it's not like like it is for 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 Destiny where there's so many more players that play it strictly for the PVE uh, segment. So yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's kind of weird like that. But as, as I said, if we can if we can start to wrap up here, I have one last question for everybody. And actually, Ray, if you're still there, I'll throw this to you first because you've you've been fairly quiet. I'm still here. Uh, you're still here. <laughs> you're hanging in there. Um, but hey, Ray. I, guess, I guess fundamentally, though, I, I guess the question that I have coming out of this is: Is there a natural antagonistic relationship between a publisher and then the fans of the games that it publishes, or is there something with either? Bungie and, and and Blizzard or Activision, some you know, somewhere within the three of them that is being mismanaged and everybody should be on the same page. And maybe it's just that Activision needs like a better PR team to handle everything. I th- I think that people that like to play games should probably stop getting ADD or wanting some type of instant gratification for everything so people can continue to make quality games so we can enjoy playing things that Aren't like, hey, I paid sixty bucks for something that isn't quite there. I have to get more download content, or be mad that I beat in like an hour. 
that's how I feel overall over everything that you guys have been talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> I paid sixty bucks for this. It should be done the moment I put it in. It should. Well, yeah, because. <laughs> it, and that's the that's the whole problem is that you know everybody now like as time passes on and more kids are just not so smart everything's right. most good <laughs> but um but yeah i mean you know that's why I, I think everything just gets rushed out it's like oh we want it now okay here you can have it now we're not quite done but you wanted it now so instead of yeah, now getting pissed and buying something else yeah it's just it's frustrating because you kids suck yeah, it was Battlefield I, I, 4. That thing was I, shattered when it first came. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's safe to say for all of us, we look at the model that Nintendo has with their games, and we see that when their games come out, what whatever you feel about Nintendo with, with regards to them being kitty and stuff, when they put out a game, you feel like you got your money's worth and more. Um, I mean, you look at Smash Brothers with all those characters... Nobody was complaining when they said, by the way, in addition to these characters you have right here, we're going to have DLC characters down the future. You're like, okay, I'm okay with that because I have buttloads of characters here. When yeah. when it comes to games like, for example, Destiny and in some cases, WoW, we're just like, it'll be, it's okay now, but the stuff that we really want will be there later. It's a symptom of both instant gratification and are the companies becoming public where you have to sell a certain amount to please your investors at a certain time where that might not be the best model to get the quality game that we're expecting i mean the, the, the thing is because uh, there's always there's always a lot of talk about you know how companies are pressured by their investors to put out quality games well, not to put out quality games but just to get the numbers out there but, but there is I mean there, there are publishers out there that no, not only get the sales that they're looking for and get the money they're looking for but they also still push out quality games I mean look at 2K 2K like just consistently pushes out quality games I mean you got, you got GTA Bioshock Infinite um, you know, all, and just uh, uh, um, not Bios, I say Bioshock again, but not Bioshock, but uh, Borderlands. You know, 2K pushes out really like, quality games and makes uh, a shit ton of money doing so. I mean, Valve is a publisher and they push out quality games not as frequently, <laughs> but, like, they, <laughs> but, they, but they, you know, what's the planets align? Yeah, well, yeah, what's the planets align? You know, they do it. I don't, I don't think one has to be sacrificed. For, you know, uh, for the other, it actually it has a lot to do with the mentality of you know. I think the the people at the top and whether shit is rolling downhill. I think in the in those places, like you know, when you have you know an EA company, well, you have like you know a developer that works for EA. If they're not doing what EA says, or they know if they do poorly, more than likely they're going to get shut down. <laughs> you know. Like that—that's just how EA rolls, and who knows what the fuck is going on at Activision? <laughs> like you know, why they but feel do, that way? Well, go ahead. But do you do you believe that that those companies make as much as, for example, an EA or Activision? Well, I don't know, but yeah, well, well, two K. First of all, two K does make on a yearly basis. No, two K doesn't make as much as much as Activision, but a lot of places don't because they don't like they don't have a yearly cash cow like Call of Duty, like. Call of Duty is a yearly cash cow. Activision is trying to double dip and have two yearly cash cows. Um, EA... Or games they, where you have to buy action figures to get the characters in the game. Yeah. 
you know, like Activision's entire model is set up on is vacuuming people's money right out of their wallet. Their entire setup is is built for that. EA, they pretty much have sports games on lockdown with the exception of basketball. Uh, you know, so EA is also, they have their yearly cash cows as well. Um, when it comes to 2K, they, they don't have definite yearly cash cows, but when they pop games out, like, look how much Bioshock Infinite sold in a short amount of time. Look at GTA breaking, incre- you know, sales records. They make a lot of money, you know, with those, you know, with what they do. Yeah, but does 2K have anything that could be vaguely considered to be an MMO? Or, I mean, I guess Valve technically has Dota, G- but that's... that's no. GTA Online, I guess. No, GTA Online is nowhere near MMO-ish. That is very <laughs> segmented, trust me. And so, I mean, is it just that MMO fans are... are because fundamentally, I mean, more so with Warcraft than with Destiny. Um, but, I mean, we're paying every month for this game, or at least, you know, we're... we're you know, somebody's paying for it for our monthly subscription, if not us directly, um, because of the WoW token. But as as far as that goes, like at that point, when you're you know when you're pumping into a system like that, you expect a regular return on your you know you expect regular patches, regular content updates. You know, Destiny, it's a little bit you know because there's no monthly subscription, it makes sense. Like, okay, I pay for the expansion, I get access to what they'll do over the next few months, and then when they do the next expansion, I'll pay and so forth. And I wonder if maybe it's just that that model, and it's weird to say this given how successful Warcraft has been, but and I don't know if maybe it's the fans have changed or maybe there's there's something, and again, maybe something behind the scenes that, that that's changing, but maybe that model isn't as sustainable anymore that, um, you know, that, 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 that what publishers want is they want, they want to see their revenue. They don't, which it, Again, this sounds very counterintuitive because you look at how the Warcraft model was. You know, you had your recurring revenue. Every month you're getting that number of subscriptions. And if you get that number as high as you can, that's your goal. And yet you look at like the Call of Duty model where basically like you get your, you get your, you know, your your DLC map packs released, I guess, maybe not every quarter, but, you know, roughly quarterly, you know, every September or October, you get the game that comes out and everybody hits that. And, and, and you get these just, you know, falls of revenue at certain points in the year and you go by that. And I wonder if, if, if that model, at least from an MMO, MMO player, because, because even then like call of duty, like if you don't play call of duty one day a week, you know, if there's a day that you don't play call of duty, do you really feel like you're missing out on anything? Like the game, it's not like the game is going on without you. Like you can go and you play your, you know, you can play your Call of Duty. Oh, I missed today, but I'm fine. But you can feel that way in Warcraft. Like if you don't, you know, play a day, and especially because you're paying for it, you know, you can figure out you're paying roughly what fifty cents a day if you break your fifteen dollars subscription down over thirty days. Um, you know, if you don't, if you know, if I don't play on a random on a random Tuesday, that's like fifty cents that I kind of wasted. Um, you know, and again, that's less so with Destiny, but still the persistent nature of Destiny, I, you know, especially because you've got those weekly raids. If there's a week that you don't get your, you know, you get your, uh, uh, what's the, the, the coins or the, 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 the currency from the Crucible and oh, the, the other, uh, oh, I forget what they're fucking called. The marks? Yeah, the marks. Yeah, the marks. Yeah. yeah, the marks. Like if, if there's a week where you don't sign in and get your marks, you can feel like you're missing out. Like somebody else is getting their marks, they're upgrading themselves and I'm not. And and I don't know if there's anything in Call of Duty that feels that way, but it seems. And I, I guess what I'm asking is if 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 
sort of the nature of the you know the MMO and at least the MMO as it is utilized in Destiny, if that just encourages, if that sets up a certain amount of demand from the fans that maybe the companies aren't either cognizant of to to know to meet that demand or they just simply they're just looking at other stuff as far as you know the bottom line presumably that they're not aware that they're not giving exactly what the fans want i mean for for destiny i mean the they don't have to there's there's so many different ways for them to make money without having a subscription fee and destiny doesn't cost nearly as much as warcraft does because you know to, to god what is that Thank God. Oh yeah, it doesn't cost us <laughs> nearly as much as Warcraft does uh, to run. So you know, th- there's really no reason for it to have that fifteen dollar subscription fee. But if you want to talk about a game that definitely costs more than Destiny to run, but still manages to be perfectly fine without you know a subscription fee and without dropping expansions every few months, look at Guild Wars. Guild Wars and Guild Wars Two. Both of those games are running simultaneously they are running right now so you know if you if you need to take lessons like i mean you can you can you know charge a dollar or two for shaders or you know to have more charge to have more you know slots available in your vault and stuff like that and make money that way because hardcore players will buy it jorge would you buy more slots in your vault no you wouldn't okay (laughs) I would. <laughs> and I don't even have as many weapons as you would. I know. But that's the thing. Because like, he breaks them all down. He yeah. need the space. <laughs> but that's like, that's like, I mean, like, if I wasn't Shut paying down! For, if I wasn't paying for <laughs> expansions, that's the thing. Yeah, but people would. Jorge would, but people would. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I know, the, I know the, the shelf life of what my weapons and armor are and at a certain point, I just dismantle things. I was like, "You get dismantled, then you get dismantled, you get dismantled. Everybody gets dismantled." Aren't you ever worried that like someday they're gonna put in like a transmog system where you can like make your armor look like anything else, and then you won't have that again? No. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the kind of player you should be. Good, 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 good going, Hori. Well, we kind of already have that in, in in the form of the etheric light system where. Everybody can get a piece of armor from here and a here and a here, and you can all get to the max level um, using old, old armor that you probably should have gotten rid of a long time ago, but all of a sudden is viable because of the upgrade. So now you have people running around with stuff from the first fall, uh, from the first raid, from the second raid, a piece from the new, it's not really a raid, it's, a, it's called the Prison of Elders, the arena mode, and then another random piece, and they look like some sort of weird velociraptor slash undead thing that's walking around and you're like you know that really so basically match. leveling a burning crusade yes <laughs> clown <laughs> suit yes yeah, yeah they, they 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 look like clowns they, yes. they, they look like they, they they look like teabagging clowns <laughs> I, I, th- I think we'll end it on that note then <laughs> well talk and, and and in orbit, the teabagging clowns. The teabagging clowns, yes. New guild, new guild. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this, uh, yeah, this has been uh, what uh, the first WoW Talk in orbit crossover episode. Uh, we'll see if there are any more in the future. I'm sure we'll have. I'm sure we we, we might have similar things to say. I think even even if we're, we're not 
concerned about the state of our game. I think as we've established, there's plenty of similarities between the two. Um, not just that they're run by Activision, but just by being MMOs. I think there's a lot we can talk about and learn about each other's games. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see when we do this again. Um, but uh, yeah, so you, you can email us at wowtalk at mashthosebuttons.com. Uh, I don't think you guys have an, an email address, do you? No. Thank God. You guys need to get one. No. No. <laughs> so you, you can find us. We're on soundcloud.com slash mashthosebuttons. We're on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio, where we're instantly available, streaming on your iPad, iPhone, and Android device. We're at twitter.com slash site. I'm on Twitter at WookieBH. And uh, let's see, we're on facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons. We're on youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. Uh, did anybody else have any Twitter handles they want to share? Uh, any any Facebook handles? No, because I don't really talk to people on Twitter. They can kiss my ass. I mean, uh, I mean, I love you all. I love my listeners. Hi, love me. If, if, love if me. they want to, they can talk to me. I'm Concept SF. That's C zero N C three P T SF. The heck, yo, you sound like Twitter. a Star Wars droid. What the hell? I, the ladies love it. That's all that really matters. <laughs> I'll pass the message on to Jorge, or they you can just you know comment on one of the uh, on on the website. You can comment on uh, on SoundCloud, Stitcher. Doesn't make a difference. I'll see it. I'm always watching. Always. Crease. That's creepy, Big brother. Mm-hmm. Big black brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 so uh, our podcast schedule is the Mashcast. It is coming back every Monday. Uh, wow Talk is bi-weekly, so I don't know when this is going up to know when the next Wow Talk will be, but it was either this week. If it wasn't this week, it'll be next week. Yeah. Uh, Double Tap is the first week of every month. That's the Fighting Game Podcast. And In Orbit is that's uh, the second week of every month, right? That's you correct. Got, got, yep. That's correct. All right. So th- thank you for listening. Thank you, uh uh, uh, Jorge and wow. Jarrett and you Jeremy. Call me George. No, I, I got too many J names, but your name's not really a J name, so Thank it threw me George, off. George, George, George Begawia. Hi, yeah. George Vegeta. George Vegeta. I, I, I got three. I got three J's in a ray. Yo, <laughs> yo, that should be a new show. Three J's in a ray. Welcome to the morning show. No. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> More like the evening show now, um, or the night show, yeah. night shift. Um, this is Tom but, Brokaw with three J's and a Ray. Yeah, but yeah, but, but 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 thank you all for coming out and talking about this. Um, you know, I know this was out of our normal podcasting schedules. We talked about and thank thank you everybody who's been listening. You know, I hope this uh, whether you're a Destiny fan or a Warcraft fan, I hope this was enlightening, or even just a video game fan in general. I hope this was maybe enlightening and helped you, you thinking about the games that you play uh, and their relationship with their publisher. Um, but, uh, yeah, so for, for Ray, Jeremy, and Jorge, and Jarrett, I'm Nick, and enjoy playing WoW and Destiny. Peace. Yeah. Peter Jennings. <laughs>